Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. But, like, is Bill Belichick going to tell us who's starting today, perhaps? Because he just spoke to the media. Maybe he gave us a little insight as to who the QB1 is going to be in New England this season. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. My name is Shay Cornette, hanging out with the guys this morning. Keyshawn Johnson is in L.A. I know he doesn't like when I use his government Joseph! <laughs> and Jay Williams is here next to me. Thanks for waking up with us this morning. Okay, so earlier we were having the debate of which <laughs> division outside of the NFC West is the most intriguing to us. I said the AFC West, Key said the AFC East, and Jay, Jay said the AFC North. Hold on a second. What? Why are you making that face, Key? Why you really got salty I'm, when I'm, I called you Joseph? No, I'm listening to Shay. I'm not worried about man. You're the least of my worries. <laughs> Dismiss you. I just Sorry, dismissive Shay. of you, Shay. Continue to do the show, please. Thank okay, you. I'm going to keep it moving here. So, anyways, we were talking about the most intriguing divisions, and I said the AFC West. Jay said the AFC North. But Key said the AFC East. Well, that's where the Patriots live. And so we are still wondering who the quarterback is going to be this upcoming season for the Patriots in New England. And, well, Bill Belichick was just asked by our own Mike Reese, our Patriots reporter, if there's any change as to who that QB1 is. And here's what Bill had to say. How would you uh, characterize the preseason and training camp that Cam Newton has had? Again, last year was you know totally different. So I feel like everybody's way ahead of where they were last year. Um, certainly started at a much higher point than what he did last year. So, you know, definitely moving in the right direction. The enthusiasm prior to 9 a.m. on the East Coast is just off the charts. Um, But maybe there's a little bit of praise for Cam Newton. Like, everyone is starting a little bit above of where they were last season. Key, no? No, no, no. I'm just saying, no, no, let's not do this. I mean, he said everybody is better in a different place now than we were last year, so we're headed in the right direction. That's it. We can't take that and start slicing that up and trying to say it's praise for him. Well, that's what we do, though, Key. You know that. That's what we do. He gives you nothing. You, you have nothing. To, he gave you nothing. Zero. And, and, and it's unfortunate, but that's the way Coach is. Coach just is like, I got a plan, and I'm sticking to it, and y'all figure it out. I'll do it. Okay, go ahead. So last year we had COVID. There was a delay to the season. It was Cam's first season learning a new scheme, correct? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you think about it, if everyone has gotten better, I mean, this is now Cam Newton's second year. After he's came back, he understands him, the offensive coordinator, how they react, plays on the field. There's continuity. I think a lot of things are different for the Patriots. And obviously they had one hell of an offseason. They, they retooled their defense, their offense. I mean, things are a lot different than what they look like last year is exactly what he's saying. Okay. Well, yesterday, Dan Orlowski, our ESPN NFL analyst, was on here with us. And he said something that had us all kind of going, what, what, what did you just say? But he, he's going to ride with this, and he means business in terms of what is going to happen the at the time. quarter, what is going to happen at the quarterback position, and how it's going to impact not only that division in the AFC East, but the entire AFC and perhaps the postseason. Here's Dan Orlowski. I truly believe this. If they start Mac Jones, they close the gap to the Buffalo Bills within their division. I think they close the gap in the AFC when it comes to their ranking in regards to Kansas City, Cleveland, and Buffalo. Okay, so if they start Mac Jones, not go to him after a game or two, a quarter, doesn't matter. They start Mac Jones, they close the gap, not only with the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East, but also with the Kansas City Chiefs. Go ahead, Key. You got this one. No, I'm just laughing I'm opting because out. 
I'm laughing because that means they getting ready to go to like to the AFC Championship with a rookie quarterback. If I if my mind serves me correctly, the last time a rookie quarterback went that deep, I would think it was Mark Sanchez that took the Jets to the AFC Championship game twice back to back. So I, that that's what it sounds like to me because a lot of people got Cleveland and Buffalo and Baltimore picked to do something to Kansas City in the AFC. Look, I, look, Dan is oh, Dan. He's going to ride it to the wheels fall. Even if Belichick came out and said Cam Newton's the starter, somehow Dan will figure out how to say that Cam Newton's not the starter. And if he believes that Mac Jones is going to be rookie of the year, then I I don't know what else to say because there's a whole lot of other rookies that got drafted. You know, there's a guy in Dallas on the defensive side named Michael Parsons. You know, there's other offensive players that was drafted. You know, there's a guy named Justin Fields and Trey Lance that certainly would have something to say about that on pretty good teams as well. So, in the end, I think Belichick will make the decision on who he thinks the best quarterback is to lead them this year. Mac Jones is the future of the New England Patriots, and his future time is going to come. It just won't be today. I just – I know we have interesting takes on things. That's what we do. We have information that other people aren't privy to, and then we draw conclusions based off that. I just can't talk into the mic or look people in the face on national TV and say that Mac Jones is going to have the Patriots in a position to be an AFC championship game. Like, I can't say that his rookie year. Maybe down in time, uh, maybe if Cam Newton's playing at a high level, this team could be an AFC championship game. I just don't see Mac Jones being able to do that in his first year based upon watching him in the preseason. Even though he's been good in the preseason, the regular season is drastically different than the preseason. All right, so let's just be all the way clear about this. Like, Bill Belichick did something he never does. He went out and spent all the money he could find in free agency this year. That is something that the Patriots typically do not do. What else did he do? He went out and drafted a quarterback relatively early in the first round, also something they don't normally do. Patriots also get a lot of guys back that sat out last season because of COVID concerns. And so the Patriots now are poised to be better this year. To me, that's whether Mac Jones starts or not. They have more weapons. They're going to be better on both sides of the ball. It's not a COVID season, so everyone's on the same page. As Bill just pointed out, Coach Belichick just said, I keep calling him Bill. Coach Belichick just pointed out, like, everyone's at a higher level this year because you're coming into it with a better understanding. Who starts at quarterback, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to hate on what Orlowski said, but, like, who starts at quarterback isn't going to be the reason that they're better this year or that they're competing with the Buffalo Bills in the division or they're going further into the postseason. It's because Bill has this massive boulder on his shoulder because last year they missed the postseason for the first time in forever, and he went out and changed his ways and is like, we got to get better everywhere on the field, not just at the quarterback position. Shane, can you quick question for you guys both. Do the Patriots have a higher ceiling this season with Mac Jones or with Cam Newton? I would, I would probably say with Cam Newton this season um, just because he's a veteran guy who knows what to do. Preseason, look, man. Preseason is cool. All right, Mac Jones played good in the preseason. But I'm sure Belichick and Josh McDaniels can look at the all-22 film and look at so many mistakes that he made that we don't see. Mm -hmm. I'm positive they can Mm -hmm. do that. And I'm positive they've been doing that to correct them. Now, when you talk about Mac Jones, who's going to be the quarterback of the future for the New England Patriots, unless something drastically goes wrong, You're talking about a guy leading a team into a situation to challenge a Kansas City. I understand that he played 
in the SEC and at Alabama, and, and, and the crowd's not going to, he, you know, that's not going to enamor him. He's not going to be shook by that. I get all of those sort of things. But it is a different ball game in the NFL than it is college football, even if it is the SEC conference. Things come at you a whole lot different. Mm-hmm. The schemes are different. Defensive coordinators are game planning you way different than they did in college. And I don't think that people take that into consideration. You know, I watched some of his throws. Some of his throws were behind receivers. Okay, in front of receivers. So when you start to get into the regular season, that little bit of a mistake is going the other way. You're talking about Mac Jones right now. Mac when you're Jones. Watching yeah. So when yeah. you see these sort of things mm-hmm. and you're breaking it down a certain way, you don't have the luxury to have those mistakes happen mm-hmm. in football games. I understand you look at the statistical side of it and you go, well, he had a really good preseason. Well, so did Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And so did Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. And so did Justin Fields. It's the damn preseason. Right. Does it mean anything? Right. I'm not bringing four week off the weak side. I'm not blitzing up the A-gap. I'm not bringing two corner cats, which is two cornerbacks, one on the left, one on the right, blitzing and bringing everybody. I'm, I'm not doing that in the preseason. But in the regular season, I'm certainly going to dial it up on you. Yeah. That's when you know if someone can handle something. So I wouldn't get all enamored about that. I know Cam Newton can handle that because I've seen him do it for however many years he's been in the league. All right. I, I agree with you, <laughs> Key, in every sense of the word. Like, I, I'm, I'm with you. You're not even seeing, like, from an offense perspective, you're not even seeing half the playbook. Like, of all people, you think Coach Belichick's going to reveal what he's going to do, not only with his quarterback, but also anything creative at all that would put the quarterback in the best position to win? It's not going to happen. I, to me, it's just... There's a lot of factors that go into this decision. It's not just like, oh, yeah, you look the best in, in the and preseason. Cam, like I said to Cam to his face, Shay, I'll say it again. If Cam Newton is the starter and he goes out there and he does not look even re- remotely worth being on the field, he needs to get off the field and get mm-hmm. away to Mac yeah, Jones. And that's yeah. it. And that's Period. it. Yeah. And Bill Belichick will have no problem with turn- as turnovers come in bunches of pulling him and putting in Mac Jones. Like, that is one thing he won't be afraid to do. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. That's where we're going to go next because Paul Feinbaum is going to join us. All right, Mr. Paul Feinbaum, host of the Paul Feinbaum Show, is joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Good morning to you. I hope you're doing well, Paul. Lots going on in the world of college sports. Bryce Young, he was named the Alabama starting quarterback. You know, speaking of former Alabama, we were just talking about former Alabama quarterbacks. Now we're talking about the starting Alabama quarterback. Bryce Young named the starting Alabama quarterback for their upcoming game against Miami. How do you think Young compares to the last three QBs in terms of Tua, Hurts, Jones, all these guys we're talking about as we get ready for the NFL season? How does he compare to them? I think he has a chance to to be in the same league. Now, I'm taking a leap of faith right now, Shay, because all three of those, uh, two two have started in the NFL, and and one looks like uh, he is headed to be a starter. So we're we're talking about amazing talent, especially Tua, in terms of generational talent. And I, I think based on what people say, based on those who have seen Bryce Young, he can be there. One thing about him that concerns a few people, uh, we, we'll have to see Saturday afternoon before we make too many other judgments, is he's a little bit smaller. Uh, he is not a big guy. Now, we've, we, go ahead. Okay, but, so that, that, that's a concern that some people have. 
I, I was going to ask you that exact question. I was going to ask you, is it me? Because when I saw him in high school, I was like, yeah, I don't know if he could stand up in the SEC, but you answered that for me, Paul. He's he's not only short, he's slight. Am I am I wrong? <laughs> no, no, he's he is. Uh, I mean, you you. I mean, I, I think he I think he he barely weighs more than me, Keyshawn, which is saying something. Uh, but yeah, you'd have to you'd have to explain better than, than I could how that is going to put him at a disadvantage. And we certainly know what the disadvantages are three, four years from now when he gets to the league. In the NF, in, in, in college football, you can get away with that a little bit more. However, when he goes up against Miami's defense and Florida's defense and Texas A&M and LSU, uh, it, it could be a problem. But, but nobody is overly concerned about it right now. Nick Saban is as cool as I have seen him in a long time. It could be the fact that he's got seven national championships in his back pocket. He's about to turn 70, and he's still at the top of his game. But uh, I, I think it's something you have to discuss, at least until we see him play. Paul, a huge game coming up. How difficult will the road be for the loser of the Clemson-Georgia game to make the college football playoffs? This is, Jay, well, uh, I've heard so many different uh, opinions on this. Um, many believe that even if Clemson loses, they have a straight path to the champion, to the, to the CFP. I don't agree with that, and I don't mean to harp on your, your beloved ACC, but it's not that great, okay? And, uh, yeah, even, <laughs> and, and I'm being charitable uh, as we head into Labor Day weekend. Uh, let's say they lose this game. Let's say they don't look very good. Uh, where do they go to to plant a flag? Uh, I mean, you, you just can't uh, you know get national notoriety uh, beating NC State, which will be the next quality team they play. What if they play North Carolina in the championship game and North Carolina has lost a couple of games? Uh, conversely, Georgia. Let's say Georgia loses. Okay, well, are, are we going to write them off? Some people will. But then Georgia gets into the SEC. Let's say they run the table in the SEC. They beat Florida and Jacksonville. And then what they'll have to do is beat Alabama. If they beat Alabama in the, in the SEC championship game and Alabama's undefeated number one in the country, they're going to the CFP. I frankly think Georgia has less to lose Saturday night than Clemson. Mm, interesting. We're talking to Paul Feinbaum right now of the Paul Feinbaum Show. You're listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin here on ESPN Radio. Um, okay, so yesterday... Well, we had a caller that had some interesting words for you, but I want to set it up like this. You said the other day that Jim Harbaugh should just be fired right now. Let's just end the misery in Ann Arbor. Well, then, as I said yesterday, we had a caller call in when we do caller roulette, and he had this to say. Paul Feinbaum was on. He said about how he would fire Jim Harbaugh before the season started. I realize he hasn't lived up to his hype, but who else would they put in his void? Paul? Is Bozo the Clown available? I don't know. Um, first of all, I, w I, would, I would like to go back to last Friday. Uh, and, and I've seen this story disseminated all over the country. And I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that, say, that will come back and say, I didn't say that when the whole country heard me say it. But I, I was well, this is a radio show, okay? I was not delivering an opinion from the United States Supreme Court. Uh, we were having fun. We were joking around. I was saying that Jim Harbaugh would probably get fired at the end of the year. And then I added, well, go ahead and do it now. Well, I mean, beat the rush. And, and, and it, what surprises me, and I don't know where you are, Key or, or, or Jay, Will or Shea, but 
I, I was most surprised how everyone took that literally. Like, I was suggesting that the athletic director at Michigan walk into Jim Harbaugh's office today and say, you're gone uh, before even uh, playing the first game. That's not exactly what I was saying, although, uh, quite frankly, it wouldn't matter if they got rid of him today because I think at the end of the year we'll, we'll still be at the same place. No, I, I didn't take it. I, I knew you were just saying that they probably shouldn't have retained him. <laughs> They should have let him go. The fact, Paul, that they did retain him, why, why is he struggling to get things turned around? How come he can't be ultraly competitive at Michigan when it's Michigan? Well, he's had, first of all, he's had a hard time developing a quarterback. In fact, yesterday, Tennessee announced that Milton, who transferred, will be the starter at Tennessee. I'm not trying to act like because you started Tennessee means much of, uh, at Michigan. But, but Jim, is, Jim is very hard-headed. He's stubborn. And, and, and he has no patience. And I also think he has failed to deliver on the promise that I thought he could, and that was to bring great talent by the masses. He's, ha he's had the top recruit in the country up there from New Jersey a couple of years ago. He's had other really great players, which is understandable. You're the University of Michigan. But when you compare that to his biggest competitor, Ohio State, he looks really bad. I mean, he, he couldn't deal with Urban Meyer, and he's dealing even worse with Ryan Day. And, and I think at some point... You just become stale. Uh, Keyshawn, he's had a couple of good seasons. I mean, when you compare Jim Harbaugh's record to Scott Frost at Nebraska, Harbaugh looks like Bear Bryant and Nick Saban wrapped into one. Uh, but, but we're not talking about Scott Frost here. We're talking about Jim Harbaugh, who I think is held to a higher degree because he took a team to the Super Bowl. He won the, uh, the NFC. He was in championship games. He developed quarterbacks. He has not done any of those things at Michigan. When I say Scott Frost, what do you say? Frosty the snowman. I, well, I don't want to <laughs> quote myself. I don't want to quote myself from last Friday. But but if if they got rid of him today, it really wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt the program one bit. I I think he's dead man walking. Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't know how he turns this around. I mean, he had a chance on Saturday, Jay to beat Brett Bielema, a guy that got run out of Arkansas, a guy that was out of football for three years, in a Nebraska-Illinois game. I, I, I mean, we're talking about going to Champaign, and you can't win there in your fourth year. The same, he made this, his program made the same mistakes they've made. They lose close game after close game. And I'm starting to wonder uh, if, if you can't do that and you have to go to uh, Nebraska, excuse me, Nebraska has to go to Oklahoma in three weeks, you know, where do you go? Uh, they have Ohio State later in the season. They have a pretty competitive Big Ten schedule. And I just don't see a path for him. Uh, he made, you know, he was great at UCF. Uh, uh, he was he was the hottest coach in the country four years ago. Think back uh, at the end of the 2017 <laughs> season, the two hottest coaches in the country. Do you know who they were? They were Scott Frost and Chip Kelly. At least Chip finally won a game the other day, even though it was against Hawaii. Yikes, that is a low bar. Uh, we're talking to Paul Feinbaum right now, host of the Paul Feinbaum Show. Uh, Talking about quarterbacks, which quarterback should we be paying most attention to this weekend, opening weekend of college football outside of Young? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm really all over JT Daniels of, of Georgia, uh, another, uh, you know, battling down to Keyshawn, another West Coast kid who 
where did he go? He went east. Uh, well, he started at Southern Cal. Don't misunderstand me. But uh, you know, now he's he's really doing great at Georgia, and I think he has a chance to to you know lead this team to some really good stuff. Uh, so I, I'm watching him very closely. Does he live up to the way he finished? last season and he's also in the toughest game and you mentioned Bryce Young I, I do want to see what Bryce Young looks like I also want to see what King looks like from Miami remember he's he left Houston a couple of years ago uh, and and he has great great upside as well those are those are the quarterbacks I'm all over on Saturday Paul I kind of know this the answer but I'm going to ask you anyway the final four who makes the final four college football playoffs I kind of kind of I think I know the answer already yeah yeah, I, I would love to come up with you know, some outlier, but I just can't because college football has become the most predictable thing in sports. Uh, you know, you look at the top four teams right now, and those would be my four uh, to go. Now, the only the only one you would have to quibble about is does Georgia figure it out? After that, uh, I'm I'm not thinking a lot of upsets. I know some people have picked Iowa State. I, I don't buy that. I think Oklahoma is a really lock so, solid uh, pick to make the playoffs. I think they have a shot at the national championship. Others have said A&M, a, you know, A&M has to beat Alabama in college station. Is that doable? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we'll get a good, we'll get a good read on Alabama in the first three weeks of the season when the Miami game is over and then they go to Gainesville. But I, I just cannot, as much as I would like to come up with a surprise choice because college football has not been inviting Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state and Oklahoma have been almost automatic every year. Mm. All right, Paul, thank you so much for the insight. We're excited. Week one of college football is coming up this week. No more week zero. We got week one on the horizon. Paul, we'll talk to you soon. See you later. All right, Uncle Paul. See you guys. Thanks. All right, Paulie. See you later. That is Paul Feinbaum, and he is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football is back. So are the fans. Crack open an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. Slap on a fresh coat of face paint and return to glory with an all-new season of Fansville by Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. Back to the NFL. Is Daniel Jones carrying the entire Giants organization on his shoulders? Must be heavy. That is next. KJZ on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. As a fan, this is amazing. This no, it is the is. time of the year. This is what we talked about. This is real, man. This is real. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is Scott Van Pelt, and I'm ready. This is Keyshawn Johnson. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are ready. This is Stanford Steve, and I'm ready. This is the Bear, and I'm ready. Football is back, and it kicks off every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin and continues all day right here on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
center right now, 49ers rookie quarterback Trey Lance is out with a chip fracture in his finger. Head coach Kyle Shanahan called it a small chip fracture, which is actually worse than a jam. Shanahan added that Lance cannot take snaps and do all of that stuff right now. So we just got to rest it for seven days, they say, and that should make it heal. And hopefully he'll be good next Monday when we get back into practice. The 49ers open the season in Detroit against the Lions in 13 days. Naomi Osaka makes winning return to Grand Slam Tennis at the U.S. Open. The number three seed in defending U.S. Open champion defeated Marie Bavuska 6-4 and 6-1 in the opening round. Osaka didn't play at Wimbledon after pulling out of the French Open following the first round for mental health reasons. Rajon Rondo is going to sign a $2.6 million deal with the Lakers. Rondo is expected to sign the contract today, sources tell ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Rondo agreed to a contract buyout with Memphis on Saturday and will still make his full $7.5 million salary this season between the buyout and his new deal with the Lakers. Sports Center is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract. All in America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Daniel Jones, heading into a very critical year for him, a year three. When we're going to figure out if this is the guy, if this is the franchise quarterback for the Giants going forward. I'm giving Daniel Jones the benefit of the doubt. I get worried about how he'll be able to survive. If the O-line, like I saw last night, is the O-line that I'm going to see in the regular season, it's going to be a long year for my Giants. And it's going to have the same conversation. And then Dave Gettleman has to go. A lot of pressure on Daniel Jones, as if there already wasn't enough in the city of New York. You know what I mean? This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. I am Shay Cornette, here in with the guys. If you want to give us a call, the phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So we asked earlier, which quarterback slash coach has the most pressure on them together this upcoming season. Let's take this a step further and just go quarterbacks here that have pressure because it does feel like Daniel Jones in New York has got a lot of it, right? Like there's a lot riding on his success in terms of the head coach and the GM and obviously other players around him, but there are others also throughout the National Football League that have the same kind of pressure in different ways, if you know what I mean. And guys, I'm going to open this up to you that that which of these quarterbacks are there? I'm going to throw out a quarterback here and let's dissect like, Who's got the most pressure truly in terms of this upcoming season and the success that it's predicated on? Like Aaron Rodgers is an obvious one, right? Like he's kind of put the pressure, though, on himself. No, there in Green Bay? But when I think Aaron Rodgers, I don't think pressure because I've seen Aaron Rodgers just always seems like just calm down. Like just take it easy. Like you know what Aaron Rodgers can do. Aaron Rodgers – is an MVP. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that can, I mean, was a play a couple plays away from getting to a championship. So you, you know what they can do. Is there pressure? Yeah, but I also feel like if Aaron Rodgers doesn't win it this year, he'll move on. Key? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, it's not, I mean, it's pressure on Aaron Rodgers because of everything that transpired from one foot in, one foot out, the offseason. I'm not coming in. I want a new contract. I need no new contract to come in, but I need control. All of that has added pressure. I'm chasing Brett Favre. He's gone. He went to two Super Bowls. I've gone to one. Brett Favre had a bunch of records. Yes, I've gotten some of those records. But and just that's the type of pressure that's on Aaron Rodgers. So he's under immense pressure because he created so much drama mm-hmm. that he has to fulfill what those obligations in getting that team beyond the NFC Championship game. There's Jay. Super Bowl pressure key, and then there's livelihood pressure. 
Like, will I be the starting quarterback? Where, will I have to be a backup somewhere else? How will I have, will I have to earn to be a starting quarterback again? I think those are two different kinds of pressure. Yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't have the last. Yeah, he's not well, worried he doesn't about have, no, That's what I'm saying. It, he's not worried about not, that. But that's not the question. It's the pressure I know. that comes to bear I, on him, given the fact that he created what most people would consider the drama that is hovering over the Green Bay Packers. And now when you look at Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has to deliver. I'll take Aaron Rodgers any day of the week. I wouldn't give a damn if he came in week one and didn't practice at all in training camp. But that's not the case. He opened up the door for criticism of him this year I, if I hear he you. does not deliver at a level in which people think he should. But, Keno, every time I see Aaron Rodgers, his attitude to me is like, whatever. That's how I, I'm not saying he's not competitive. He doesn't want to win the Super Bowl. But it feels as it relates to, like, pressure, like feeling the pressure. Aaron Rodgers, like, whatever. Well, he's got a good poker whatever. face. I mean, that's yeah, for but, sure. But he's but got you, a relaxing. You ain't going to never know. know. You ain't going to never know. Lito, uh, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. You it, ain't going to never know what that pressure is unless you're inside his body. Right. I hear you. And he, he has brought it on himself. Like, this whole drama you this offseason was on. Me, yeah, I got you. Was on, you know, himself. <laughs> him putting things out there, like airing some dirty laundry, airing how it feels. And he said it himself. <laughs> like, it's Super Bowl or bust, essentially, right now in Green Bay. Let's move on to Matthew Stafford. And we do have some calls we'll get to in a minute. Matthew Stafford. A lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford now. He's coming over from the Lions. I mean, it has been very noteworthy from us, other shows, anyone really that has a microphone in front of them. Like, this guy has yet to win a playoff game. This guy hasn't won double-digit wins since 2014. He's now in a situation where he needs – there's no excuse not to win now in L.A. Well, see, there's no pressure on Matthew Stafford to me. It's all on Sean McVay because Sean McVay had the pretty girl. He decided to get a pretty girl up for another pretty girl. When he had the pretty girl, that took him all the way to the Super Bowl. For whatever reason, the meal wasn't right. They got into an argument. He shipped the pretty girl to Detroit and grabbed another pretty girl. The pressure's on Sean McVay. It's not on Matthew. Matthew Stafford is like, okay, I'm going to land on a pretty good team. Let's see what happens. Sean McVay was the one that was not satisfied. Uh, yeah, I think there's less pressure on Matthew Stafford than Sean McVay, but I think there's a lot of pressure on that whole organization from Les Snead to Sean McVay to Matthew Stafford. And, yeah, look, he, his arm talent speaks for itself. We've seen it. But championship aspirations, that's, that's what you're coming into the Rams organization to do. To, it's championship or bust. Whenever you're trying to win a championship, that comes yes. with surmount pressure. Okay, well, we've talked and about let, And let me be clear, Shay. Yeah. And let me be clear on the pressure that Sean McVay has. It's not pressure I'm going to lose my job. It's pressure that I'm not going to be able to sleep at night because everybody's going to be looking at me as a guy who asked for something and then I got it and I couldn't deliver. Right. And I mean, we've seen this story in LA before, right? Where they sign someone to a big contract and it doesn't work out. Like it's not Jared Goff. This happened with Todd Gurley as well. Like how many times can this happen, especially on the offensive side of the ball before we're like, mm, maybe this isn't quite the player. Maybe it's somebody else. Um, this is not a player who is championship or bust situation with the pressure, but obviously he's coming back from something and was the number one overall pick for a reason, that would be Joe Burrow. Pressure on Joe Burrow in Cincinnati to deliver this season key. No, I don't think there's any pressure on Joe Burrow at all. It's, it's pressure on Zach Taylor to figure out how to win some damn games. Uh, but it, there's no pressure on Joe. Joe. Joe is coming back off an ACL injury. You certainly saw some promising things from him a year ago, and all he has to do 
is not get caught up in worrying about re-injuring that knee and just go out there and play with a free mind. Yeah, I agree. Very he, easy he, for me to say. He, yeah, he was playing his tail off before he got injured, and I think having an in injury relieves all the pressure on Joe Burrow this year. If you're a Bengals fan, you just want to see him stay healthy, show glimpses, find your rhythm, build continuity with your teammates, and you want to see progression. You don't need him to be next level right away, even though you would like for him to be. I guess, but the Bengals need to win more football games. I mean, and so I guess there is the pressure for Joe Burrow. You're right. Like, obviously, just go get better, stay healthy, be the caliber quarterback that we drafted you to hopefully be. But I feel like the Bengals also need to win some football games, and obviously that falls on his shoulder. Okay, uh, Mike McCarthy is very much so tied to Dak Prescott. Like, when we talk about coaches tied to quarterbacks, I mean, I would also say so is Jerry Jones, right? Like, that whole organization at this point is now tied to Dak Prescott. So the amount of pressure that goes in a guy who's coming off a very serious injury, similar to Joe Burrow now, the pressure for Dak Prescott is real in the Big D. It, it is, but I, I think when you look at it, though, the pressure is only because he got the money. And when you get the big money, people have certain expectations. Jerry Jones ain't got no pressure. He's the owner. He ain't going nowhere. Mike McCarthy, on the other hand, if that Prescott is healthy and that team looks less than competitive, then he's in trouble. Mm -hmm. And Dan Quentin, sit, Dan Quentin is sitting right there that could talk to Jerry Jones firsthand and be like, yo, I can fix this if you just put me in that seat. I mean, when isn't there pressure on the Cowboys, though? I mean, I know there's extra added on pressure now because of Dak getting the contract, but there's always pressure on the Cowboys, I feel like. And it feels like we constantly be talking about how talented the roster is or how their defense needs to revamp. And we even had Harry on our show that pretty much came out and said, the defense just has to be marginal. So I mean, there's always pressure on the Cowboys. I don't think it's different than any other year that we talk about this team. Rod in Georgia has been on the line for a hot minute and has something to say about the Cowboys. Rod, what's going on? Listen, how y'all doing today? Good. What up, man? What's happening, Rod? Right. What's up, hot Here's Rod, man? All right, Keith, you the man. Listen, every year all we talk about, everybody talk about the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, America's team, and ain't done nothing in 20 years. Dak got his money. Dak got to He got to show up. He got to show up too. Wait a minute, you cut him off he, again? He, had, oh. he won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I think he should have run a couple of more. All right. See now, now I'm going to cut him off. Okay, everyone, I let him let him say his piece. You let him go. You were let patient. Him go. I, I like was that. patient, and now I'm going to cut him off. Um, okay. So yeah, pre right. So pressure is on McCarthy and Dak. What we were saying as well, and he's right. Like Mike McCarthy's obviously chasing another Super Bowl ring. Dak is chasing his first. Um, Jerry Jones is crying at training camp, saying he can do anything known to man to win a Super Bowl. They haven't won a Super Bowl since 1995. Yeah, there's pressure. Like winning the division isn't enough in Dallas, and that's just the end of it. Like they need to do more than that this season. Uh, we're going to hear more from the callers we're gonna play a game of caller roulette next right here after jay has this from dr pepper line four college football fans after an off season that felt a little more off than usual fansville and dr pepper will invite you to celebrate because college football is back and so are the fans yes it's the most wonderful time of the year again the season of saturdays when rivalries run deep and nacho cheese dips run even deeper so crack open an ice cold dr pepper Warm up your cornhole tossing arm and return to glory with an all-new season of Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve.
It's time for Call a Roulette. You know the rules. Don't ask us how we are. We're good. I don't want to hear any of that. Get in, say your name, and make your point and ask the question. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. And don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Especially you, Line 5. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Dave is in Maryland. Dave? To me, I'm starting Justin Fields all day and twice on Sunday because I know we can't win. Okay. With all right, fair enough. Okay. You so don't have to cut him off, Shay. You don't have to cut him off, Shay. Hey, Shay, we like to let him finish up. Yeah, Shay's we're like, not, all right, all right. We're not rude I'm like not that. Around we want him, you know, I'm not we want rude. Him, I just I got to let him finish up. Shay, did we not have like a long meeting? We don't get rude to the callers. <laughs> I gave you a very warm welcome. Don't do that, Cap. All right, so everyone better be on notice now. If you're on the line for Call a Roulette, like, I will cut you off if you don't come with something to say. You didn't hear me say nothing. I'm not playing around today. I'm tired a little bit. I'm, I'm So be Go ready. Go get on them jet skis, girl. Go get on them jet skis. <laughs> That's right. I'm hopping on the jet skis on the East River next. Everyone better be oh, ready. This God. is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented uh, by Progressive Insurance. Uh, <laughs> Guests, join us on the Goodyear Hotline. We're going to play a game roulette, so let's spin the wheel. Oh, it makes me cringe. <laughs> Every single time, man. L- line one. Uh, yeah, I'm James Montgomery from Georgia. Hello. What's up, man? Go ahead. Hello. James Montgomery from Georgia. I heard you. What do you guys say? Uh, I was wanting to know why uh, you guys don't talk about the Vikings much because they make the playoffs, and I've been a Vikings fan ever since Tommy Kramer, Anthony Carter, Chris Carter, uh, Adrian Peterson, and uh, Randy Moss, and uh, I think they're going to be competitive this year. All right. What do you yes, think? the Vikings are good. They're going to be competitive, and Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. 
There we go. Filled the quarter for talking about the Vikings. On to the next call. I, I, like I said this earlier, they're just not moving the needle for us lately. Like, there's just yeah. not much. There's no oomph there I, in Minnesota I, right now. Like, we're going to need a little something-something from them. Uh, spin the wheel. Great young receiving court. Yes, Adam Thielen is legit. Yes. Line two. Line two. Hello. Hey, it's Adam from Adam from beautiful, smoky, smoggy Bakersfield. Nice. Lifetime Dolphins fan. You were talking about some pressure on the quarterbacks. And I tell you, with Miami's defense this year, it's going to be top five for sure. There is some pressure on Tua. But I say there's more pressure on the O-line because two is healthy. He's going to bring it. What do you guys think about Miami winning the division and, and riding it to the playoffs? Well, I don't know if they're going to win the division. They're certainly going to be competitive for that, that second spot. There's no question about that. Um, I, don't think they, I don't think they're quite there on the winning division part. The offensive line has to stay healthy and two has to deliver. The defense, I think the defense will be fire. I don't know about top five, but they'll certainly be fire. It'll be top ten. But, I, look, a lot of this year depends upon what happens with the Deshaun Watson situation, how that pans out. And also if Tua can continue to progress to be that quarterback. I, I don't know if I see Tua being an elite, elite quarterback in the league. Serviceable, yes. Remains to be seen what his ceiling is. Spin the wheel. Good morning, line four. Morning, guys. Um, so, Tim from Madison, but my family and I are from the Berg. What is the realistic expectations of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Big Ben's healthier. Defense is going to be on point. Great draft. But they got the Browns and, and uh, Ravens in front of them. Where do they finish this year? Like, if you could find a, a group of people to agree on where the Steelers are going to finish this year, bravo to you. Although, I do think we have a similar sentiment on this show. Keyshawn? Yeah, I, I think, Shay, I think they could – I think they can win the division. Yeah. I think they can still win the division. Look, man, I'm not counting them out at all. I don't care what nobody say. I know they faded in the end, but they got healthy being back. They got all the receivers back. They drafted Najee Harris, who looked good in the preseason, after the preseason and everything. And the defense, you know, going to be on point. Look, if there is a proven team in that division, it's the Steelers. Like, the Ravens, they have one playoff win. Like, what are you looking at there? The Browns last year, same thing. Like, you can't pick the Browns year in, year out. The consistency lies within the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, didn't the Browns win that last game against the Steelers? Like, they kind of secured a position. Yeah, but they sat every single starter. That's what I'm saying. Nobody was Barry playing. I, I feel like Steelers have the Browns number, too. So Exactly. Spin the wheel. Line three. Hey, how you guys doing? This is Jesse from Savannah, Georgia. Nice. What up, Jesse? Hey, what's going on? I'm giving a call. I just uh, want to talk about my Atlanta Falcons, man. Uh, speaking on the what you guys were just talking about, there's a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan. You know, of course, we got rid of Julio, but we still have Cal Pitts. We got really there. Just, I wanted to bring, really shout him out. Like, there's a lot of pressure riding on Matt Ryan. Yeah, you know, I think, look, he's a veteran guy over there. Um, He's the leader, the elder statement. There's going to be pressure on him, but I don't think it's to a degree where, you know, it's like going to be Matt Ryan's fault if they somehow have a terrible, terrible season. It feels like the Falcons are eventually going to go into rebuild mode, right? Man, I would have traded Matt Ryan. I would have traded Matt Ryan. He got got a pick for him and let him go cast off to another team and take a team to a playoff or something. Slow starts for the Falcons is an understatement the last few years. Mm -hmm. The pressure, I think, has gone out the window because no one can count on them anymore, at least to start the season. I don't care what you're changing the coach. It doesn't matter anymore in Atlanta. Like, 
they can't figure out how to start a season on the right foot, it feels like. All right, spin the wheel one more time. I don't know why this music got me feeling like I'm getting ready to get off the elevator in a hotel. <laughs> I know. It does, doesn't it? Um, line five. Yeah, this is Larry Best in Lafayette, Louisiana. Keyshawn, how long is that little injury going to keep uh, Lance out? And also, with all the money they're giving uh, Jimmy G, don't you think they're going to play both of those quarterbacks through the year? That's why Shanahan was showing that in the last uh, preseason game. I think the little injury is a week from what I understand. But, yep. you know, you just you, you never know with that sort of stuff. How, what, what's the, the pain tolerance and can he throw the ball? And then in terms of playing him, I think he'll, he'll get some snaps throughout the year. But I don't know that it'll be like a two a true two quarterback rotation. Yeah, I I think we have said it a million times. Like, a two-quarterback system in the National Football League means you have none. I don't know if they can consistently keep up with that, although I'm hearing mixed reports now coming out of San Francisco. We'll see. I think we got time for one more. Here we go. Spin the wheel one last time. Line five. Line five. Here we go. Line six. Line six. Line six. Any line. (laughs) Any line. Yeah. Steven from Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh-oh. Off-season acquisitions for the Blazers, and then uh, the Raiders will sweep the division. No, damn that. I want to ask you what you think about the Nebraska Cornhuskers <laughs> and Scott well, Frost. They need a fire coach Frost. <laughs> All right. No, Just I, wanted to know. At the Raiders, I think. Uh, the Raiders. The I thought he said an off-season move for the Blazers. <laughs> Jay Will's like ready. He's like, I'm the like, Blazers? What? Let me get in there. Let me get in here. What are we talking about? Dave Lillard? No, no Blazers. We got one more. No, we got no time for one more. But what we do have. spin it. Is we're going to. Do not spin it. Don't listen to Keyshawn. No. Who's who's really in control? Keyshawn, J-Will, and Shay. We'll be back with you tomorrow right here on KJZ. Thanks for hanging out with us, everyone. Okay. Have a good Tuesday. (laughs) And we still have 10 seconds. We're still here. at the end. Okay. I like it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Bye, everyone. We'll be here tomorrow. Have a wonderful day. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.